Matt, tonight we're going on an adventure. No. No? What do you mean, no? It's time for downtime. Downtime? Downtime. Tonight, we're going to be talking about running downtime sessions and why you need them in your next campaign. That's how we roll. 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 Welcome to the Goblin's Corner. My name is Eric. And I'm Matt. And tonight, we're talking about downtime. Downtime? Downtime. Yeah. Good to show you a little bit about some fun downtime activities you can put in your TTRPG of choice. Indeed. Because it's not all hack and slash, guys. It's true. So we're going to get to a couple of really interesting story options for running a downtime campaign. Not just, you know, Magic Mart shopping spree. But before we do all of that, hit that like and subscribe button. Help us get our show out to more people. Get notified when more awesome episodes come your way. Indeed. Make sure you hit the bell because for some reason, subscribing just isn't good enough for YouTube. How dare they? YouTube, I, it these makes YouTube, no sense to this me. This algorithm is just, ah. It's just a thing. It's like Sisyphus just pushing a, a ball up a hill these days, really. All right. Matt, I got to ask, why are we talking about downtime tonight? Well, you touched on the first one, which is you can't murder all the time. That's a good point. You can murder some of the time. But not all the but time. not all the time. And honestly, you got to have a little bit of back and forth in a campaign. Mm -hmm. If you're just plunging into the story, it's super epic, you're going to burn out some characters. And downtime is a great way to do some side quests, do some fun interjecting options. Yeah. Nothing is important if everything is equally important. You know what I mean? 100%. Also, characters need time to upgrade, to level up, to pursue individual projects and uh, passions. Help, maybe one of them wants to open a bar. It could happen. It, maybe they've it, decided to retire and open a bar because, they, as we all know, bartenders are retired adventurers in most campaigns. It's true. At least in mine. Storylines also need to move forward in time, and instead of just directly playing six months of time, you can have a downtime session so that your characters can go back home after the great adventure story arc and begin the next story arc. Yeah. It also helps keep them tied to whatever communities they're from or in. So there's always that. Downtime can be used to allow characters to bond to specific locations. can also be used to handle a whole bunch of useful and interesting things that might otherwise take too much time at the table. <laughs> I was going to say, some people love a shopping episode, some people hate a shopping episode. Yeah, and we have two different types of downtime episodes in mind, one in person, one offline. Yep. But, you know, you don't want to spend four hours upgrading your characters when you want to get to the meat of a storyline, and so we'll show you how to run an offline downtime episode, as well as show you how to do some fun stuff in your gaming session, which is downtime. Sure. It can be used to provide a break from the main storyline. You know, some players want to take a minute, not just feel like their characters bounce from catastrophe to catastrophe. And there's many ways to handle downtime, as we kind of alluded to already. So downtime can be either in-game or not in-game. Sure. Let's talk a little bit about some of the things that you can do in downtime, aside from, again, the Magic Mart episode, right? Right. Uh, what are some activities and sessions that you could have that might be kind of fun? I mentioned one, which is 
your players could start or run a business. Your characters have a great deal of cash on hand, and they could use that to their advantage. Maybe they want to start an inn or a tavern or a Pony Express. Yeah, and what a great set of story options for your characters as well, because you've got all that loot. Maybe you want to get a little bit of you know income on the side while you're adventuring. Sure. Instead of just, yeah, I'm tired of slaying monsters. Maybe I just want to you know, bring in a steady paycheck on the side. Or you might be running Acquisitions, Inc., which is an awesome set to play yeah where you run your own business right absolutely you know they may want to create a retail shop or maybe they're part of an adventuring guild and they want to open their own chapter of it they could open a regular guild maybe one of your characters is a stonemason as their background and they never they adventure because it's necessary they actually prefer their stonemason life. And so they start a stonemason's guild or your mage starts a mage's guild. And that would be a kind of a cool storyline to pick up as well. Maybe the story arc's done. He goes back to work at the stonemason forever changed. Yeah. He's, just, and, He's seen some things. Yes, I've killed so many things in the stone mines, guys. You wouldn't believe it. Ah, He's just talking. He went on vacation. And then maybe a couple game sessions later, he gets called back. And he puts down his trusty pick and he picks up his maul of the Titans. <laughs> or there's actually a fly and launches himself into the air. There's actually a monster in the mine and he's like, fine. I guess I'll just slay this he, guy. He leaves and he comes back and he's in freaking mechanical armor because he's actually an <laughs> artificer. And he's just like, mm, 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 I am Iron Man. Yeah, it just bashes its brains in. Another fun thing you could do is start an illicit business. Sure. Why keep it legal? I mean, look, if you're playing with a bunch of murder hobos, they're probably not going to start a tailor shop. Probably not. They might not even start a bar because they're probably going to be wrecking things. Sure. And what better business than a mercenary guild? That works. Or? There's so many options. Like your, your rogue, if he's got a forging kit... Maybe he just forges documents in his downtime. Sure. Maybe you're good at hunting monsters, and so you happen to also hunt the monsters that are people and do an assassination guild. Sure. You've got uh, smuggling. That could be fun. Information brokering. Yep. You're already hunting monsters. You might as well collect their poison and be a poison dealer. Sure. Why not? We've got all kinds of options on criminal organizations. If you haven't listened to our episode on criminal organizations, go take a listen. Yeah. We touched on this a little bit, but shopping episodes. Yeah. That it can take forever, and you should probably not have a session for this unless... Well, there's a couple of reasons behind that. Unless, A, your group likes to shop in-game. Sure. And sometimes that's kind of fun because you can meet NPCs and you can do the whole role-playing aspect... It's also a, a good time to be able to modify goods or have somebody make custom items. Yeah, and custom items is one of those things where it's kind of hard to do online, mm -hmm. especially after a game. It's also kind of hard to do when you're just doing your everyday work week. And so if you're going to make custom items and you want to have a whole game on coming up with custom items, make that a group effort. Sure. I also, to me, 
if you don't have someone in the game, like if one of the players isn't making the custom items, I feel like you should, your players should have to deal with the NPC that actually makes the items. I don't feel like that should happen out of game. Yes. And that's, again, you got to be kind of a savvy DM to run that because you're going to have to come up with stuff on the fly or at least know the rules in magic item creation. Sure. So just think about that if you're going to do that. Another fun thing, and we do this a lot for downtime episodes, which is politics. Yes. And it doesn't have to be like, oh, I'm running for something, but you could. Yeah. But mostly just fiddle with the town that you happen to be staying in. Leave it better than it was when you got there. Or intimidate. Sure. Intimidate or diplomats, right? And what can you do in terms of messing around with politics? Well, first thing I can think of is create a guild. Sure. And we mentioned that in the business aspect, but guilds tend to be very political in most settings. Sure. If there wasn't a mages guild in a town and you've started one, I'm pretty sure that you're going to have some high level people come and talk to you because considering wizards are crazy and they literally bend reality, the mayor's going to want to have a chat with you about what your intentions are. Sure. On the other side of that, though, you might start a temple. Yeah. And depending on which deity you worship, the mayor is either (laughs) going to say, hey, we really appreciate you being here, or please don't murder everybody in the town. Look, we understand that you worship the pal- the drowning god and all that, but I I just don't think it's right for you to drown everybody in the local reservoir. And then you give him a drowning glance and stick his face under the water. Sure. Really not going to enamor you to the populace. They don't got to be enamored. They just got to be converted. They just have to drown. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe one of your players wants to run for mayor. Or maybe they're on the track to become a noble or maybe they're just trying to take over the kingdom yeah, yeah. nothing like a little world domination to uh do a little downtime episode are you thinking what i'm thinking it could end up becoming the main arc which is another fun thing to consider sure one fun thing also is just straight up influence how things are going on in the city now if you've listened to our episode on city building yeah you know that The city is not an island. Things happen while the characters are away doing their thing, killing the monster, rescuing people and such, or murder hoboing, depending upon how they play it. And when they come back, that city's changed. May not always be for the better. Right. And what a perfect time to set things right or wrong with a little downtime. Sure. The other side of that is also when they've spent time away, when they come back, they can see the long-term effects of what their meddling has done. Ah, the repercussions of their actions. Yeah. So all of these examples are great for in between your main story arc. So if you're going to have like a long story arc session or some kind of epic battle or whatnot that you have planned, this is great for the in-between stuff to kind of give a little bit of a break, some breather before you get back to the main arc. Absolutely. What else can we do, Matt? You can develop contacts. And there's a... uh there's an unearthed arcana that kind of goes into this a little bit. Although I will say the roles for that are maybe a little kind, maybe a little kind. What do you mean by that? Uh, what you get for, for, um, results 
based off of how relatively little money and time you have to put into it can be very big if you have decent face skills. What Matt is saying is you should make your characters work for contacts a bit more. A little more, yeah. A little more than that. That's fine. You you can have opinions on that. I think working on people's skills in a downtime episode is a lot of fun because time and again, what ends up happening is you have a downtime episode. This is just as a DM, I've experienced this. You come up with just some on-the-fly random NPCs and they end up becoming part of the story. Exactly. A perfect example is the mimic that I have in in my campaign. Yar. Yar. Yeah, Yar the mimic, the pirate mimic, right? I didn't I expected them to kill him. He was just supposed to be like a one-off odd thing. Just a one-off weird thing that you just happened to find. They befriended him, found him a job, and now he's one of the player's confidants. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what a great idea. Wouldn't have happened if you didn't have a little bit of downtime and messed around with your players some just to come up with something fun. Yeah. And so that's a great example of developing a contact. One of the things that developing contacts does is it allows you to kind of entrench yourself in different social strata. Like maybe your rogue doesn't operate on street level. Maybe they operate on the noble end of the spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds great. But at that point, who becomes your man on the street? So you might have to find somebody else. I think your bar bar should do it. Well, and it's interesting if you're doing that with different social stratas and stuff like that, then now your characters have more access for information and mm-hmm. research. And that's a really cool thing. Instead of just dragging out the DMG and rolling on a table, here's your knowledge check. You do a little bit of role playing. They've already developed these contacts and you give them numerically the bonuses according to the contacts that they develop. I, as a DM, would totally allow, if you're going to talk to everybody you meet in a town and start developing relationships as as a PC with those people, yeah, if you befriend them, you get the bonus. Right. That's, uh, we talked about a, we had a reputation episode. That's something you should definitely check out. Absolutely. And this kind of ties into that a little bit use uh, allow your players to use downtime to work on those personal relationships yeah get yourself some followers and stuff you know what i mean on the other end of the spectrum from getting followers is find yourself a wealthy patron that the party can work for ah yes yeah get yourself a boss and again do a little role playing little downtime episode talk to the right person maybe get into a bar fight or save somebody maybe that's getting jumped. Sure. That'd be a lot of fun. And they turn out to be a patron that sends you on the next mission or maybe spins off into a side quest of some sort. Something that ties in well to what we mentioned earlier, things like starting a mage's guild, starting a temple, things like that, is maybe in your downtime you take on apprentices or acolytes or younglings if you're... Playing Star Wars or something? Well, I was thinking... Uh, more like street urchins and such if you're working on your information network and criminal organization. Sure. Um, Become the bigger king. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that'd be fun. Those are going to be the people who run the shop when you're not home, when you're out adventuring, right? Like somebody has to play that role. And if you're training people to do that, 
then you're going to have somebody. And if not, then you're going to have to lock the door when you leave and it's not going to be making you money. And I will say, if you don't develop those relationships enough, what happens when you leave? There's a power vacuum. You might come back and find that everything's changed. You're locked out. Yep. There's some other mage running your mage's guild. And we would say, if you're running this type of role-playing relationship downtime episode, characters have to spend some money, going to have to schmooze a little bit. Sure. Because it's all about those relationships. And honestly, this is a collaborative storytelling game, right? Yep. Do some storytelling. These things take time. Have fun with it. Get your players to have fun with it. Absolutely. Speaking of which, if you can make the attempt or your players can make the attempt to specifically build their reputation during their downtime, not make specific contacts, but to build their community reputation. Mm -hmm. People remember favors, right? And just because a task is trivial for your players as adventurers, that doesn't mean you didn't save a commoner a whole day's labor. Uh, Painting a house. A mage can literally sit down and go, unseen servant, paint this house. Dope. Taken care of for you, my guy. And sit down and have lunch with him while the unseen servant's painting the house because now this dude doesn't have to. And the the commoner thinks this guy's great. Sure. And now you've got a nice contact. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe you're, again, going back to the ex-adventurous stonemason happens to be an artificer maybe he's got wall stone on the spell repertoire right sure he's building a building or whatever they've already carved a bunch of stone he just wall stones a couple times a day builds that building everyone's like man you just saved us like weeks worth of labor hey man i'm here for you man i'm here for you i'm I'm a helper yeah and now he's enamored in the populace sure and that might mean something in game later on maybe something gets attacked he gets protected the the person who just saved those laborers multiple weeks of work because let's face it wall of stone is if you pop off a couple of those you're saving weeks worth of work oh yeah do you really think that anybody who punches that guy in a barroom brawl isn't going to face the repercussions of a group of stonemasons. Yeah, they're all going to pull out the tools and be like, it's hammer time. That's that's a rough <laughs> day, man. You made the bad call. Yeah, they go bury you in the mines. It's going to happen. <laughs> One of the more popular things that you can do in a downtime episode is create stuff. Absolutely. We t- and we kind of alluded to that with like, you know, customizing magic items and stuff like that. But you could just create things that are useful for just adventuring life. Yeah. So you could create like gear. A good example of that, alchemy. 100%. Like literally everything in alchemy is great for adventuring. Yeah, healing potions, acid, the alchemist fire. You make some guns. Ammo they, for those guns. Yeah, like a little, what is it, a little arbalister, the little ballista thing that crawls around, yep. those robot things. You could forge weapons or armor. Maybe you're a blacksmith on the side. That's a great mm-hmm. background to have. Build vehicles. Yes. Your horse needs barding. <laughs> Well, not just that, but if you don't have a bag of holding yet, carts are relatively cheap, but you know what's cheaper than buying a cart? Building a cart. Yeah. Maybe you need to kill the dragon, and so you need to load up on a whole bunch of explosives in one donkey. Yeah. yeah. And if you don't know what we're talking How about- How dare you give away my secrets? Shh, that actually happened. <laughs> actually killed a dragon with that. And you could also make magic items for fun and profit. 
And that could be something as simple as, you know, making magic armor for your party members to something as relatively mundane as making a uh, decanter of endless water for the town. Yes. Now you're not digging wells anymore. You're not. It's just a fountain. Realistic. Once again, building that reputation. Absolutely. But I would also say your barbarian wants an axe of returning. Just telling. It's true. Additionally, you could research stuff. And we're big fans of this, as anyone who's watched much of the show is aware of. Absolutely. And I will say this also. Researching isn't one of those things where you have to just go, okay, this session, we're just all going to research all of the big bads weaknesses or whatnot right. you can make this a really fun and interesting episode and we'll show you how to in a few moments as well but just some examples first off you could make some new spells yes. on the fly customize some spells why not absolutely and if you don't know how we show you how you can spend downtime to learn new skills or languages yeah you could learn recipes for alchemy create some food and drink maybe you've got the uh the cook was it the chef? Yeah, feet? the chef feet. Yeah, you got all those monster parts you drug into town. You've sold all the good stuff out for magic armor. What's left? The delicious spicy meat. Yeah, you could spend some time to look into rumors. Just find out what's going on around town with people. Yes. Again, side quests. Yep. Get information gather about notables in the town or what has changed since you last showed up. Or if this is a new town you're doing downtime in, learn more about the town. Yeah. Now you said it's not just about that, but obviously you can spend this time to information gather about the big bad or the MacGuffin that will help you defeat the big bad or other storylines that are going on. I mean, you certainly can use this time to move the story forward. And you should. And finally, one of my favorites and what I have found one of players favorites. Yes. Design a base. And there's so many options. Is it a bar on the coast? Are you developing a flying ship players at least the people we play with tend to love a home base yes it's a great place to go back to when you're done with the main character arc go back to base have some downtime episodes it's like a safe zone for mm -hmm. players a lot of times and if you want to do a downtime episode with running and building a base that's cool it could be an entire series of sessions if you want there's also a great one shot or some shot built in where there's an infested castle over there that's not completely in ruins. The bones of the place are good, but it's kind of needs some love and attention. <laughs> but we if do, you clean it out, it's we, all yours. We do a fixer upper episode for uh, clearing out your monsters. Sure. Yeah. Why absolutely. Not? If you, if you clean out, that ruined keep over there, it's yours. Absolutely. And of course, we mentioned before, Acquisitions Incorporated, great book to go get if you want to run some kind of having like a home base or a home business or something like that. But also, if you want to dig into some third edition, Strongholder Builder's Guide was really good. They talked about how to upgrade your base. You could always adapt that to fifth if you wanted. Sure. And there's some things on the DMs Guild that also kind of help you look into what things would cost or how to go about building things in fifth edition. Absolutely. Yeah. Do a quick Google search on that. Now we're going to talk about some techniques for downtime. Absolutely. But before we get to that. Ah, the question of the week. That's right. Thought I forgot, didn't you? It hasn't happened yet, but it could. It could. After <laughs> hundreds of episodes, we might forget once. 
What is the question of the week for this evening, Matt? What's the best downtime activity one of your characters has done? Best downtime activity my character has done, I would say, would be building a base. We've had we've played a bunch of different characters over the sure. years, and it was one of the great campaigns we ran back in the day where we had a Spelljammer ship, mm-hmm. and we ended up upgrading it. And I remember sitting down with the group at hand and drawing out the ship that we sure. had built. I think it was a... It originally was a galleon, and it became some kind of crazy monstrosity when we were done. Was this the turtle ship? It might have been the turtle ship, yeah, because it started as a galleon, and then we turned it into like a turtle ship, and it had, what was it? It wasn't, bel- was it bombards everywhere? It was like surrounded by bombards? It had uh, a bombard in the face, because you guys decided it wasn't a turtle, it was a dragon turtle, so it had a bombard in the mouth. It had uh, ballistas on each fin, mm-hmm. and I think you had one off the tail as we well. We had a jettison off the tail, uh, yeah, because we would dump our garbage because yeah. we thought it was amusing. Yeah, because poop. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I would say that was a lot of fun because that was one of those things where we could sit down together as a group. We drew it out. We mm-hmm. worked with everything. We got the storyline down, and then you know, NPCs were played. It was just fun by all. Yeah. And then we got to test drive it and destroy planets. What, what more do you need? What about you? What would be your best downtime activity your character's done? Any character? Uh, I think the school for adventure that Smudge was starting for the underserved youth in Sharn. Ah, yes. Yeah. Creating a bunch of young adventurers. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're if they're not going to get a proper education, then... He was like, because he was one of those people, right? He worked in the sewers before he became an adventurer. And he was just like, no, 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 no. These kids are going to read. They're going to know how to write. If they're really smart, we're going to teach them magic. We're going to take care of all of this. Sharn's best. Yep. Yeah, I love that. That's cool. But what I really want to know, because, you know, I was there for your game. You were there for my game. What do the people out there have to say about this? Do they make businesses and patron events or you know what's their favorite activity sure yeah what do you think about the question of the week what would be your character's favorite downtime activity let us know at goblins corner on twitter yeah or you can put it in the comments below if you're on youtube that's right now you were mentioning better downtime techniques indeed we're going to show you how to run a downtime episode and give you a couple of pointers as well and these are just ones of course the list is not extensive but These are ones we think work very well. It really comes down to what can be done in between the sessions. So think about how much time you have. Some people play for a couple hours. Some people play for six to nine hours. You never know, right? Yeah. But if you've only got a couple hours, think about what's actually fun to play in the session. And that comes down to your players. One of the things you can do is run the slow stuff online between sessions, right? You can go back and forth on chat or what have you. Yeah. And the first thing we would suggest is shopping because that shit takes forever. Do it in chat. Yeah. Nine out of 10 times it's easier and uh, you're better off for having the whole, than using a whole game session for it. I think for very specific things or if they're talking to NPCs that they love that they're shopping from, sure cut 
all of the generic stuff out and only start the session at that store. Okay, you've already gone, you picked up your, your bread and milk and all of that crap. You're at the Magic Item Merchant, who you love, go. Yeah, or you could even have the characters tell you what they want to buy, and then when you start, you do a recap. Yeah. And then it's still downtime, but you're playing it in-game now, and you role-play out the fun bits. But you just basically say, okay, you bought the following things. Yep. And then you're at the Magic Mart, and you want to buy these things. Here's the encounter that goes down. Sure. And that's fun, too. Anything regarding character upgrades, if you've leveled, mm-hmm. or you want to retrain a class. Or a skill. Yeah. yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah, you could you could play that in session, but nine times out of ten, again, it's often better to just do that out of game. Take care of the mechanics of it off table, and then if the PC wants to role play, you know, practicing martial arts and you know their their uh, Daniel Son techniques and everything, cool. You can do that on camera. Yeah. And that's a lot of fun as well to play. Indeed. Developing spells and magic objects. Once again, 90% of that can take place off screen. I would suggest if you want to do that in a game session, have the player come up with maybe an idea, pitch it to you, Mm -hmm. or you pitch the idea as well as a DM. Sure. And then after the game is done, come up with the mechanics and give it to the player. Or you guys come up with an agreement. Someone comes up with that. And that way... You're not spending all that time trying to figure out the balance of the mechanics and stuff like that for a custom magic item or a custom spell. Absolutely. And we do this in our games too. A lot of times we'll make we'll crack a joke or the player will say something funny and it wants to be a spell. And we were like, yeah, sure, we're going to make that a spell. And then when the game session is done, we come up with the rules behind that and we, we gift it to the players. Sure. Doing politics or setting up a business. It's often the kind of things that not everybody in the party wants to dedicate time to. So sit down, talk to the people who are truly interested in it. The other people will just let it ride most of the time. They're like, oh, yeah, whatever you guys decide, cool. We're going to hang out at the bar when it's done. Yeah, if you've got a bunch of people that want to play some action-oriented game and you want to do like some politics or something like that or one of your characters wants to do that, do it offside. Yeah, You could do it in chat, too, if you wanted. Maybe only one or two players want to do it. You could literally have a whole session outside of the normal hack-and-slash game adventure Yep, and have some politics stuff going on as well and add to the world. And that's a lot of fun as well. Absolutely. You can do play-by-post even for yes. some of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Basic contacts. If you're just... You don't need to interview every street urchin. No. Right? That's that's probably excessive, and everybody at the table isn't going to be into it. Your character wants to learn about the town that they just visited. You could just literally tell the DM, hey, I'm going to visit all these people. I'm going to spread a bunch of money around and start smoothing, and then offline, out of game, maybe they find out the following things, or you come up with a list of characters, Yeah, and then maybe you get the other players involved the next game session and they pick out a couple of those NPCs they want to talk to. And now it becomes a fun downtime activity. Sure. The other fun thing about that though, is if you have a character that schmoozes while other characters are doing stuff, when they walk through the town with their group, 
have people in the town greet them by name. Yeah. Because this character's been out on the street and the other ones have been squirreled away researching spells or doing whatever. And so the town knows this person. Yeah, he's the bard striding through. He's getting high fives from everybody in the podcast because he's just been out drinking with everybody. Yeah. Yeah, why not? And then finally, just basic design. So that could be anything that we haven't mentioned already that might be mechanical in nature for a game or maybe it's just something that needs to be filled in and it's just going to take too long and it's not really that fun. How does the bar look? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, if you're making a bar, ask your players, right? Ask your players outside of the game. Don't have them come up with that stuff unless that's something they enjoy doing. All of them enjoy doing. Correct. Yeah. Now, what this means is, is that all of the, I'd say, labor work is done in storytelling offline, and then that leaves all of the fun downtime stuff that's interesting to your players in-game. Yeah. You can RP heavy things, such as making actual contacts, right? Not random people that you're picking up a rumor from, but people who your character is attempting to develop a relationship with. Yeah, it's not a diplomacy role. It's something that you're trying to actually do in-game. Right. Uh, Political events. You should, because those are going to have long-reaching ramifications most of the time, you should probably do that at the table. Yeah, this is one of the episodes where maybe all of the players go to a fancy ball. Yes. And all of the shenanigans that are involved in that. That's a lot of fun. Could turn into a side story, guys. Yeah. What happens when the barbarian dips his, dips his toes in the punch? <laughs> Who knows, right? What happens when he slugs one of the nobility? Grog the barbarian will not be trifled with. This cake is delicious. He smashes the dish. Right. He thors it. Yeah, he thors it. Another smash. Bring me another. What we're talking about here is engaging actively versus a lot of passive storytelling. Right. You want your characters to actively engage. This is perfect for entry campaigns where there may be longer times between looting and murder. Yes. Yeah. In between the backstabbing and all of the intrigue and such that you're playing, you can have these political fun shenanigans as well. Another fun thing that we also mentioned could be a downtime activity offline, but if your players want to do this, you could go through the whole montage, wax on, wax off, Daniel Sun, doing the training, the alkylites, or priests, if you're running a temple. Absolutely. Now, this can be comedically fun, right? Because alkylites could 100% be comic relief. Oh, yeah, and they should. It can also be wholesome... Leave it to Beaver, right? Dad's dispensing deep and meaningful advice to this new person, this apprentice who hasn't seen the world and magic is this new and wonderful thing. It's not necessarily about charred bodies flying all over the place from a fireball because, well, you know, it was Thursday and that's what had to happen. Yeah, they, they might love this apprentice, right? Yeah, and then when they when you kill them off five game sessions from now because they forgot about that apprentice because you left them back on the base and it got raided, now they have something for vengeance. Become a paladin of vengeance. Then. I was going to say how how a wizard becomes a vengeance paladin. Yeah, and one easy step. There you go. We mentioned reputation offline. Sometimes people don't want to play it, but in game reputation sessions are a lot of fun. Helping the community, like yeah. you said, throwing up that wall of stone, right? But yeah. more importantly. Side quests, man. 
Side quests, side quests, side quests. Absolutely. This is why side quests happen, because players are finished with the main story arc, and they do some downtime. Yep. Stumble into a bar, stumble into the wrong bar, and there's a there's a drow there that's hard drinking, and he needs some help. Ha, he thought he was going to be evil. No, no, he's got a heart of gold. Yeah, he's just having a rough, rough time right now. He's also got your gold, too, because he's also a thief. He stole your gold. Heart of gold, though. It's going to a good place. Yeah, yeah. It's going to his pocket. And then one of the best reasons, again, for in-game building. Space building. Is base building. I'm telling you guys, you could do this offline, but if you set it up properly, building a base with your players is a lot of fun. And here's a couple things you can do to build a base in-game. You can whiteboard it, right? Like literally set down a whiteboard, and as you discuss things, sketch it out. And if people are like, oh, I don't like that there, it's a whiteboard, right? You just erase it, move it over to someplace else. Whiteboarding is really any, anything that you can erase easily is the direction you want to go. Yeah. And you could do this online too, if everybody's playing online, but you know, get people interested in this. You want to make sure that all of your characters are down with building a base. But a lot of times my players love this stuff. Get them to draw stuff out. Mm -hmm. Maybe they've got an idea. They want a training room. Maybe the rogue wants a ro room where it's got like secret entrances so he can leave and such. Go out into the into the woods. Sure. Maybe the wizard has some specific spell ideas, an anti-gravity room or something. You never know. Uh, there's only so many uses for that. For anti-gravity room? There's <laughs> yeah. definitely one. Have some handy references available. If they've already got a basic concept, get a bunch of reference pictures and they can use that to make or modify rooms or, you know, decide what type of furniture, what type of magic they want in there. And be sure, because you already have the reference photos, have some prices in mind. Yeah, you don't want to just things. improv that real quick. You want to make sure that you kind of have an idea or at least have a chart or the book open when they say, hey, I want to add this edition. Okay, it's going to be roughly this much. Right. And for furniture, realistically, the way I did it was, do you want basic furniture? Do you want moderate furniture? Or do you want nice furniture? And give them a price for all of it. And then if they say, I want basic furniture, but I want it to look like this, you say, okay, you're willing to spend 50 gold. So 50 gold actually gets you this it's similar but it's not quite the same <laughs> sure and if you've got map making software that can throw all this stuff together cool if not sketch it out maybe you have some illustration skills you make your own map hey do whatever you need to do right one of the things that we recommend highly is whatever you build in a base make it quirky yep make it weird first off you have adventurers they're already above average in whatever game world you're playing because they're adventurers. Yep. So think of eldritch energies maybe happening about in the location. Maybe they bought, like you said, they cleared out that that uh, that old dungeon, right? Yeah. And it happened to be haunted. Well, that's a fun quirk to have. Sure. And haunting isn't always a bad thing. If you've got somebody with enough face to be able to convince the ghost that they're there to help. Sure. <laughs> Maybe the NPCs messed up when they were helping put together your base, or maybe they did a better job than they thought. I do make roles for NPCs, and I generally take the average, 
But what I do is if there's a nat one or a nat 20, I add that maybe there's a weak spot in the wall or maybe they got really uh, artistic with the entrance, right? There you go. A one and a 20, just like that. Yep. And when you're done, celebrate. You guys have made a base. It's a lot of fun. You'll be able to go back to that. It's a great downtime activity. Sure. All right. Finally, we've got a couple story ideas, some jump off points for you to use in your campaign. You're looking for some ideas for maybe some downtime activities. Here's a couple for you. Matt, what do we have? Well, you've spent the time to make a new patron or contact. Now maybe they have a job for you. Oh, look, you've got a side quest already. Rumors have surfaced about the location of something of interest to your players. Yeah, your bard went out carousing, and he seemed to hear the same rumor in multiple places. Maybe this is worth looking into. Players must form an alliance with a major power faction within the city. Who do they align with? That depends on their alignment, of course. It, it might. It might. They might go with the criminals. might go with the good guys. Who knows, right? Lots of power players in a city. And sometimes the criminals are the good guys. Yes. The supplier for your business sends you a missive that your shipment was hijacked by bandits. Oh, no. Now you got to go track those bandits down and murder them. Yeah, they're trying to put you out of business, man. Yeah. That's not all right. Your spell research is almost complete, but the special ink that will be required to write it is not available in town. Oh, no. But you can retrieve some purple and gold flowers from the bumbleac tree, maybe off into the woods, right? Yeah. Got to go do a little side quest. Get some bumbleac juice. Make that bumbleac tea so you can write your bumbleac spell. Exactly. I mean, Hamblish the Paisley Mage isn't going to sit around on you his laurels. You know he uses bumbleac ink. Absolutely. He didn't sit on his laurels, man. He, he, he may not be able to see color, but he can sure see patterns. Your players have arrived at their destination and have time to explore the city before the main story arc starts back up. And that could be just it. Yeah, that's a, can be. It's an easy way to get the characters to learn a lot about the city that they just came to. Yep. If something was supposed to take three weeks as a journey and they get there a week early, they get there a week early. What you going to do? Yeah. Have them look around. The town wants to throw a kind of festival that will put it on the map. Can the PCs help with that? Of course they can. Of course they can. It may not be the help they want, but it's going to be some help. <laughs> The barbarian's like, you ever thrown a pig throwing contest? Yeah. <laughs> Just chucking pigs everywhere. Hogs are flying everywhere. Maybe the players have gained some followers. What 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 do you do with followers, man? Like you that's a decision that's gotta be made. That's a whole game right yeah. there. What are you gonna do with these followers that we got? They keep following me around. I gotta I guess gotta put them to work. Yep. Super fans. Yeah. After looting the rich monster, villain, whatever, dungeon, perhaps. They are now flush with cash. How do they spend their hard-earned gold? Yeah. Simple. Players have the means to make money in their downtime by starting a business. What do they start and how do they run it? Are they good employers or are they bad employers? Yeah. Got to know these things. Yeah. The town and its people grow and change based off of the player's influence. And that, and that could be influence in the realm mm -hmm. or influence just in the town. The thing about that is, is that the bigger name you have, even if you're not the political power in the town, you're still a power in the town. If you are the hero that saved the realm, 
and they know that you're living in the town, then you now instantly are a celebrity and people will come to that town. Mm-hmm. There might be, they might be selling t-shirts of you. Sure. Or sending assassins to kill you. Exactly. Probably both. Exactly. Very much so. Yeah. And finally. After saving the town, the mayor gives you a plot of land. Let's build a base. Yeah. And insert base building session. Absolutely. So there you have it. Several ideas to do some downtime, ways that you can interject fun side quests and stories, and of course, lots of role-playing opportunity in your TTRPG. Absolutely. Any questions or comments, hit us up at Goblin's Corner on Twitter. And of course, we're on all of the things. Do you like our show? Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite player, YouTube, or Twitch. Click that five stars. Give us a review on iTunes, Podchaser, and YouTube. And remember, hit the like, subscribe, notifications button. Indeed. It feeds the hungry algorithm. Which is currently doing a side quest right now. So it doesn't have time to to talk to us. Well, sad. That's sad. (laughs) That's all the time we have for tonight. Once again, my name is Eric. And I'm Matt. We'll see you next time. Have a good night, folks. Goblin's Corner has been written and produced by Eric Holden and Matt Stavis. Music by D20. This is a subterranean production.